Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for joining us on Easy's Community Focus, where we talk about the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. It is an absolute joy today to talk to two of the major players with the Pride Center Florida at Equality Park because we know that the whole concept of LGBTQ plus has gone through major changes in the last couple decades, steps forward, steps backward. And I think we all have a much better understanding of how it impacts people who identify differently and how unfortunately it can be very difficult socially for many people, especially young people, to come out and be who they are. So it's a pleasure to welcome the CEO of Pride Center Florida, Robert Boo. Welcome to the program. Why, thank you, Ellen. It is a pleasure to be here, and I'm very excited to share all the information regarding the Pride Center at Equality Park and about Wicked Manners. Okay, would you like to introduce your cohort, your director of development? (laughs) Sure. Roger, take it over. Hi, everyone. Roger Roa here. I'm the Director of Development at the Pride Center, and I've been with the center now for eight years. And, you know, it's been a amazing eight years. I've helped my own community fundraise for so many good causes and, and profile programs and services here at the Pride Center. And one of the things we're going to talk about in a few minutes is something that the Pride Center owns, Wicked Manners, which has become the go-to party for Halloween. But first, let's talk about, Robert, how long have you been with the Pride Center now? Well, I have been associated with the center since 2006. So I, after 20 plus years in the corporate world, had my midlife crisis and said there's more to life and I need to be doing more. And and for me, that meant to step down from a very high paying job that I traveled all over the United States and started with the center. Back then, it was called the Gay and Lesbian Community Center of Greater Fort Lauderdale. Back in 2006, we had a very small staff operating budget of only 385000 I was the fifth person to be put on the payroll. And then over the course of the years, we continued to grow and expand our portfolio of services to the community. And then in 2008, we purchased our five-and-a-half-acre campus, Equality Park, and did a million-dollar renovation on one of the five buildings which we really truly considered to be the Pride Center and did a million-dollar renovation. And when we purchased this campus, our whole intent was to create a campus of care, multiple services, multiple organizations, so that way people could come onto our campus and have a whole continuum of care of services that would be free to them and, and for their use. And so we have uh, achieved that, and we actually grew during the worst economic times of our generation during the financial collapse. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and at that time, people were saying, oh, you don't know what you're doing. You've been off more than you can chew. You're going to fail. And yet we continued to grow and expand our services. And so it was really a very rewarding and exciting time and scary. But we uh, purchased this campus, and 
And then we've continued to evolve and grow and expand. And I became the CEO because I initially back in 2006 came in the position that Roger is in as the director of development. And then for 15 months, I went back to a previous corporate employer and I went on to the board of directors. And then in 2012, I came back because I was quickly reminded why I left that world. And, <laughs> um, and uh, in 2012, came back as the CEO. And a year later, had raised enough funds to be able to hire Roger and create the director of development. And then shortly thereafter, we decided, okay, we have this five and a half acre campus and what do we want to do? Because we knew our business model was going to have to change. And so we hired an architectural firm to create our master plan and involved uh, 65 community members and elected officials and gatekeepers and donors to help decide what we were going to do. And we held a charrette. And that shred is a master planning process. And so everyone came together and we identified our top three projects in no particular order of what we were going to do to expand and plan for the future. And so the first project that we completed was a playground because we wanted to make the campus family friendly. Our second project that we just completed, we wanted to build a senior affordable and supportive housing because there's a desperate need for affordable housing in Broward County. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we um, partnered with CAR4, who is the state of Florida's largest nonprofit developer. Our first attempt at, at application didn't get funded, but our second application did, and therefore we were able to break ground in June of 2019 to build the residences at Equality Park, which is the state of Florida's first senior and supportive, affordable and supportive housing, focusing on the LGBTQ plus community. Obviously, because of the Fair Housing Act, we cannot discriminate. But we promoted this as LGBT senior affordable housing because we wanted to ensure that anyone moving in to the community would either be LGBTQ plus or a straight ally that would be very inclusive and affirming um, so people could be their true authentic self. And then during the pandemic last spring, March 18th to be exact of 2020, due to the pandemic, we had to close our physical campus to the public. But within 10 days, we were up and running, doing everything virtually. And the one silver lining out of the pandemic was that it did force us to expand our reach through social media platforms. And so now all of a sudden, we were having people from all over the country watching and attending some of our services and programs. And um perfect example of that is our Active Aging Health Expo. We call it Active Aging as opposed to seniors. Oh, I love and, that. <laughs> um, yes. And not that I'm a senior, I'm an active ager. R- right. <laughs> so, yes. So last uh, October on our 11th annual Active Aging Health Expo, we had normally we have six or 700 people go through the physical maze of all of the vendors and services that are provided to that specific community. But last year, we had over 5,000 people wow. view and attend. And so that was the one silver lining through the pandemic is, is the ability and really forcing many organizations such as ourselves into expanding into different platforms so that we could continue to reach our community. And one of the things that we did is, you know, during the initial part of the pandemic, people were 
scared. We were all like sequestered and hiding and we were in fear and we didn't know what was going on. And so we started doing Facebook Live four days a week. So every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we were reaching out into the community, doing Facebook Live, doing updates. Mondays was always regarding HIV prevention and the services that were going on. Uh, Tuesdays was our pre-pandemic. We had the nation's largest weekly gathering of LGBT active agers. And so when we switched to doing the virtual, every Tuesday we continued to do so, still having uh, special guests such as Congressman Ted Deutsch and the mayor of Fort Lauderdale, Dean Trentalis, uh, just to name a few. But it really did help expand our reach and keep engaged with our community because isolation and loneliness is one of the two of the top four contributors to active agers that they experience. And so here all of a sudden, you know, we have this pandemic and people are having to stay in and didn't know exactly right at first how it was being spread. So this was a way for us to stay connected to our community and and help bring some sense of normalcy into what was really a very scary, scary time. And then every Wednesday, I would give a a Facebook tour of the construction that was going on of the residences because very fortunately construction was still deemed essential. Right. And so I just made a complete fool of myself. Roger would be my cameraman and I would be walking around showing how everything was still going on, all the construction and how beautiful the 48 apartments that we built. We had 21 studio apartments, 21 one-bedroom and six two-bedroom apartments. And if you lived in New York City, the walk-in closets in these apartments, you could sublet out. (laughs) They're so large. That's right. Yes. So it's it's been very, very um, challenging, but also very rewarding. And so then in October of 2020, we had our first residents start to move in. And can you imagine moving into a new place during a pandemic? Uh, No. And on a campus... Yeah, and on a campus that was primarily closed down to the public, so that isolation and loneliness that I I referred to, we had to ensure that all all of those residents that were moving in could feel the love bubble and could know that they were being supported. And they didn't have just one person from the center that was their contact. They had over 20 people that were available to them, whether they were looking for linkage of services, whether they uh, wanted to connect with our Women with Pride coordinator or our transgender services coordinator or HIV testing staff or our active aging staff. We were all here to support them. So then through April of this year, all of the uh, apartments were leased up, 48 apartments, wow. and we had over 1,500 applicants. Oh, my gosh. So that tells you that the need is there for affordable housing. 100%. And the fact that you were able to make that switch to virtual, I've got to believe there are people all over the country who live in communities that are not as welcoming to the LGBTQ community. And for them, it's like, like you said, finding a safe place, finding a community online, even if they don't have it where they live. And the way you describe the whole pandemic with that feeling of isolation and loneliness makes me think how it's got to be for people who have not been able to come out who live in an area or are rejected by their parents and now because of the Pride Center at Equality Park have somewhere to go, whether it's in person or online, to find people like themselves who understand what they've been through. Roger, 
did Robert leave anything for you to develop? <laughs> he did so much. <laughs> well, he did. <laughs> the first year that I came on board was the first year that the city of Wilton Manors actually approached us and said, um, you know, we have this event, Halloween event, that, you know, the then organizers uh, were not able to complete. And if you guys, if we were interested in taking the event over, well, we originally started the event. So, of course, we said, sure. And six weeks later, we had our very first Wicked Manners on Wilton Drive that the center produced here in Wilton Manors. Our sister station, <laughs> Hits 97.3, has actively been a part of Wicked Manners, and I'm excited that Easy 93.1 is joining the fold. And our own Mike Cruz from Afternoon Drive is going to be DJing. He's amazing. Talk about a party. Talk about fun and freedom to see people. Well, some of the costumes are just just phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. What do you want people to walk away from Wicked Manners feeling? So I'm going to jump in and then Roger's going to clean up um, what I miss. And so, you know, Wicked Manners is the southeast region of the United States. It's the largest event on Halloween night in the southeast portion of the United States. And so this is a great opportunity for the whole community to come together. It is not just LGBT. I would say between the tri-county area, and we do have people flying in from other states, it is 50-50. It is partially straight allies in the LGBTQ plus community. And so it really is a great blend of families and, and individuals coming together. The creativity is phenomenal. The costumes are always over the top. And it's a great way for everyone to just come together and celebrate. And I think this year is just going to be even more so because there have been very few public events that people could very safely feel like they could go to. And so this is an outdoor event. We close the street. We have thirty to 40,000 people that will be attending. It is a very safe space because we have always worked with the law enforcement, BSO, Fort Lauderdale, all of the municipalities around Wilton Manors help provide that safety um, and ensuring that uh, nothing happens. We've never had an incident. We're going to knock on would. We want to make sure that that continues this year. But it's a great way for people to come together, celebrate, and then also support all of the programs and services for the Pride Center because uh, we aren't putting this event on just to have a big, beautiful, fun party. We do it specifically to support the programs and services of the center. And then we do that in collaboration with the city and a number of other organizations that assist us along the way. It sounds a little bit like when you spoke of the love bubble. That's what Wicked Manners feels like. You know, it's a big party, but as you say, everyone is welcome. How are you going to deal with the issue of safety with COVID? We have been working very closely in our planning meetings with um, law enforcement, the city of Wilton Manors, and all the departments within the city of Wilton Manors for several months. It usually takes us about five or six months to plan this event and uh, to ensure that it goes very smoothly. And so our messaging to the entire community is, one, we encourage everyone to be fully vaccinated. Okay. Two, we encourage everyone to maintain social distancing, which in theory, when you're on a street party, may be a little difficult to do. I've offered the idea of everyone wearing hoop skirts, and that ensures you uh, ah, keep I your space around, <laughs> yeah. around yourself. 
We encourage that people do wear facial coverings and incorporate that into your costumes to ensure that we are bringing people together. We will also have sanitizing stations at the entry points and also at the street bars that are our bars that we will have on the street for our fundraising purposes. And then we encourage everyone that's going into any of the bars and restaurants that are along the drive to, once they go inside, to, again, practice the use of facial coverings and just try to be as safe as possible. It's an outdoor event. We feel very comfortable bringing a crowd of people together, but we are um, promoting and having signage of, you know, please come fully vaccinated. We will not be asking for proof of, but we strongly encourage people to be fully vaccinated if you can, if your health allows, and then exhibit all of the uh, safety protocols that we just discussed. Well, for people who who dealt with HIV and the onset of AIDS, for them, the pandemic is very similar. Nobody knew what was causing it. Nobody knew where it came from, except you were being told, you know, to uh, not partner with anyone or use protection if you're going to partner. So th- there are a lot of similarities. Yes, HIV does disproportionately impact communities of color and Broward County and Miami-Dade County have been the number one in two counties for a number of years of new HIV infections. So we really have to be, our messaging has to be out there and, and making sure that this is kitchen table conversation. So multiple generations did not experience what I experienced in the 80s and 90s when HIV AIDS was first coming out. It was a pandemic. We didn't know what was going on and how, and it was all this fear. And so having lived through that personally and now going through the pandemic of COVID, there are some similarities and, you know, there's lots of correlations that we can bring together regarding both pandemics. And so, yes, our, our community has been hit twice now, if you care to look at it that way. And the Pride Center is a major site for HIV testing, prevention, outreach, education, all of that. Do you get still as much interest in that? Or is it more about lifestyle and the social aspects and coping with the emotional aspects of coming out and living as an LGBTQ plus person? Well, the Pride Center, uh, we just celebrated our 28th anniversary this past June. And so the we physically started up in our founder, Alan Schubert's living room, along with a, a core group of community leaders that came together and said, hey, we've got to do something to prevent the spread of HIV. And so that's how we started our basis. And really, that's how we the reason that we started going. We still provide HIV testing, education, prevention, linkage of services. We also work with high-risk communities, individuals that come here to get tested. And during the course of our conversation of that HIV testing, we help identifying and making them comfortable, help them disclose their um, sexual practices and what they do. And so we work with those high-risk individuals to prevent them from getting infected with HIV. We also have a program that works directly with men who have sex with men that are HIV positive because we want to educate them to make sure that they adhere to their drug regimen 
that they also take care of themselves holistically as well as physically. And so it's a 12-week program that uh, we, our skilled staff, work with them to ensure the whole mind, body, spirit. Um, and so it's really at the end of the 12-week program. We've been doing this since 2006, and usually there were two classes per year. So every year I get to attend the graduations at the end of the session, and I hear the testimonial of those individuals talking about how the program changed their life and how they are doing so much better physically and, and emotionally and mentally um, um, and put them back on the right track to ensure because HIV will never stop unless we prevent the spread of HIV and, and ensure that people know their status. Right. Yes, there are many medications out there that no longer make it the death sentence, but we want to get to the point where we're actually preventing the spread of HIV so we don't have to have all of those medications to um, prevent. But it's good to know that it's there, but knowledge is power. And so we want everyone to know their HIV status, just like we want everyone to know their COVID status. Do you see a time in the future when people won't have to separate themselves out as LGBTQ or straight or uh, you know, indigenous, any of these groups where we can all just be people? Well, you know, and, and when marriage equality was granted throughout the the land. I had a couple of donors go, well, I just don't see the need of uh, LGBT community center. We're not, why would we need those? And, and, and I looked at them and I said, you know, talk to me about the Jewish community center. Yeah, so I was talk just thinking about, the exact, it's a culture. It's, it's, yeah, yes, and, I, and, and I re- yeah. The African-American centers and people will always want to be able to get together with communities that are like-minded, that are uh, working towards the same goals. And so we will always need centers for those individuals to come together and whether it's a women's center or a men's health center or, you know, whatever, I, we, there will always be that need. And so, no, I don't see them going away. I see them becoming more inclusive. I see them becoming, um, you know, bigger in presence, but no. Do I think they're going to go away? Absolutely not. I think what I was really hoping more is that there will come a time when there won't be a negative associated with any of with any race with any identification when people will accept each other but we're still not quite there yet unfortunately no absolutely diversity and inclusion is paramount the more different cultures that we have in communities just make us all that much richer and better and so I love seeing the different cultural events because that's an opportunity for the community to come and, and look at and see and see what the traditions were and taste the food and look at the outfits or the costumes and the dances and the types of music. That is what makes the world so fabulous. If we yes. were all looking like the same thing, it'd be so bland. Oh, boring. so true. But having... <laughs> Yeah, having all these different cultural centers and festivals and events and communities, I think just makes us better and it helps, you know, remind us where we came from, but it shares that information with others. And so we're not looking at them going, oh my God, they're so different than us. I don't want to be a part of it. No, 
I want to experience that. I want to taste that food. I want to hear that music. And I want to see what the traditions are from that all those different cultures. Right. And then within those traditions, we bear in mind that we are all human, regardless of mm-hmm. our culture. And so I urge people to come and join us at Wicked Manners. So this is some, from 6 to 11 o'clock on Halloween night, Sunday the 31st. Of course, I, I don't know how you still fit it on Wilton Drive, <laughs> as big as it's gotten. <laughs> Um, now there's a, a $5 entry fee, and what's so wonderful is the AIDS Health Foundation is going to match the money, and then that will all go to the services you provide. Correct. Yes. We are so grateful for AIDS Healthcare Foundation for their support of the center, their work in the community, and allowing us to match the proceeds, the net proceeds of this event towards our Florida AIDS Walk team. And so AHF will match up to $500,000 that our team raises. And so we have taken advantage of that in past years and maxed out uh, last year. We didn't get to max out, but it still helped us raise over $700,000 with their match included. So that is important. It's imperative. And we are forever grateful to AHF for that matching opportunity. We're also very blessed to have Hunter's Nightclub that is a presenting sponsor as well. They have been our presenting sponsor for, I think, the entire six years. So they have really, they're very community-minded. They know that if we are all working together and working towards making our community better, it is just, it's for the best for the whole community. Okay. Now, some basic details. Where can people park? I, I remember driving around a lot of back roads <laughs> trying to find a spot. Um, you do want to try and, I don't know, I would say definitely, you know, maybe Uber and go in a group so that you don't have to find a parking spot. But if someone drives, where but, do they go? And where's where's the entrance where you pay the $5? Well, we have uh, partnered, of course, with Lanier Parking, who has a contract with the city of Wilton Manors, and all of their parking areas here in Wilton Manors will be uh, event parking, which is $20 for the night. We are also having parking here at the Pride Center, so if you guys come, we have limited spaces, but again, parking, you can park here at the Pride Center, but we do encourage everyone to do the rideshare program, just because, uh, again, it's a lot, it's going to be a lot of traffic, Uh, there will be two areas for the ride shares to drop you off as close to the entrances as possible. And the nine entrances are pretty much every single street that leads into Wilton Manors. There's nine of them. And so there will be, you know, uh, staff there to one, make sure if we have any uh, security there to make sure that if any bags are brought in, they are going to be bag checks. Okay. Um, so they have to course, be clear people- bags? Do you have to do the clear? No, thing? no, okay. we'll have security. Yeah, no, we just, of course, we're just looking to make sure that everybody is safe. And then we'll have uh, staff there from other nonprofits who are also participating in the event as a fundraiser for their organizations as well. We are partnering with local nonprofits. So if anyone has connections to a nonprofit, a 501c3, and is interested in fundraising at a fun activity, this is the place to be. Contact us. But they will be also collecting $5 from everyone as they walk into the gates. And that $5, again, cash or credit, will actually go towards our security to provide a safe space on Walton Drive. And everyone should go to wickedmanners.org, and there they'll see all of the where you can park, the layout of the uh, the street, and where all of the entry points are. But 
yeah, go to wickedmanners.org and you'll be able to plan the evening. And yes, as Roger said, we strongly encourage ride sharing because that way, after a night of celebrating, you yes. don't have to worry about driving home. Yes, correct. Okay, and the theme is turn back time, which depending on your age could be anywhere from, you know, the 40s to the <laughs> early 2000s. Um, yes, yes, yes. So yeah, it was. It's left up to interpretation. We're, we know we're going to have a lot of share impersonators from her song <laughs> "Turn Back Time." Right. Um, you know, we want to turn back time because last year we weren't able to hold Wicked Manners, and we wish we could have. And so it's up, left up to interpretation. It will be the biggest party of the year so far. You said it, wickedmanners.org. Multiple stages, DJs on multiple stages. There is a costume contest on stage. That's a great way to see all of the costumes in the four categories. We close the street down for that safety so people can walk. Okay, so wickedmanners.org, turn back time, costumes, and remember all of the money proceeds go to fund the services at the Pride Center at Equality Park, and you can see those at pridecenterflorida.org. Do you still, with two weeks left, have room for more sponsors or do you need volunteers at this point still? We are still looking for sponsors. We are always happy to talk to any businesses that want to get their name out there or support the LGBTQ plus community. So we are, you know, still looking for that. It takes a village to put on this event and we need over 150 volunteers. So if anyone is interested in volunteering, they can definitely visit our website and follow the links and then register to be signing up for a volunteer. We have three different shifts. You can do a full shift from 5 to 11, or you can do two shifts from 5 to 8 or 8 to 11. But uh, the event is officially from 6 to 11, but we do have at 5 o'clock safe trick-or-treat on Wilton Drive. So we are encouraging all of those families with kids that want to bring their children to a safe environment rather than having to go to a stranger's house and knock on their door. All of our entry points will have candy so they can go at nine different spots and collect as much candy as they want. That's fabulous. You have really covered all the bases and it's going to be an amazing event. So is there anything else that we want the audience to know? Absolutely. There are, uh, this isn't isn't just a one night event. This is actually a weekend long event. And on Friday, October 29th, we have partnered up with the city of Wilton Manors to provide a wicked movie night. So at 7 p.m., we are going to have a kid's movie, Hocus Pocus. It's an outdoor event. We've got an inflatable uh, screen with great sound system. And we're going to have at 930 for the adults, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, my God. So dress up. (laughs) Come on out. It is a free event to attend. And we are asking for a suggested donation of however amount you wish. But it is a free event to attend on October 29th on Friday, 7 p.m. and 9.30. And then on Saturday, we have a Wicked Pool Party at True by Hilton that is being sponsored and produced by the Greater Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce, the Rising Leaders. And they are also in charge of a VIP. We have a VIP for Wicked Manners and for all of the other events. And so if you go to our website, you can check out tickets for VIP starts at as low as $45 and they go up to 75. And I'm quite sure there's a lot of benefit to that. Yes, you will get your money's worth, no question. 
Okay, so once again, I invite, we're going to be there. We want you to join us on Wilton Drive for Wicked Manners two weeks from today, starting at six o'clock. And of course, with the other Friday and Saturday night events that you just mentioned, two websites to check out, wickedmanners.org and pridecenterflorida.org and see all the services they provide to our community and find out where you have something to offer if you want to volunteer or if there are services that you need or housing that you want to put yourself on a list for. It is all there. And I got to thank both of you for doing all that you do for the entire South Florida community. Very much appreciated. Robert Boo, CEO of Pride Center Florida. Roger Roa, Director of Development. You guys are going to have a blast. Thank you, Ellen, for having us. We appreciate us. Thank appreciate you. you allowing us to join you. Oh, you've made it a wonderful half hour. I thank you both for being here and can't wait. October 31st, Wicked Manners. Thank you for listening today. If you have questions about the program or would like to suggest a topic, feel free to email me at ellen at easy93.com. You have a great day. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.